Energy. Energy, energy, energy. <laughs> Did you just say Rochelle Obama? Michelle. Michelle. Okay, because I thought you said Rochelle Obama. I know I have a thick accent. <laughs> What's your name? Sarah. <laughs> These people aren't calling me Mustang. Because everyone says to me, <laughs> Do people call you Mustang? <laughs> And I'm like, not twice. <laughs> I use my fake name. <laughs> What's your fake name? Sally. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brooke. Hey, Sal. Um, thank you for coming on um, this episode. You're not usually on. This is indeed the first time that I've been on your podcast. Yeah, and you're apart from my um, starring mention. <laughs> yes, I did mention you once. You did. Because you're not a homophobe. Because I'm not a homophobe, and yeah. I was so thrilled that you recognised that about yeah. me. But you're a straight lady. Yeah, I am a straight lady. A gorgeous-looking straight lady. <sighs> you're yeah. far too kind, <laughs> Sal. No, it's a shame there's no chemistry between us. No, at all. no chemistry. Yeah, we have established <laughs> that quite clearly. Yeah, we were like we tried to dance at a Christmas party <laughs> and like we we flirted with each other. Yeah, like, we obviously. definitely tried flirting. Yeah, yeah, and then I thought, as, as a straight lady, you yeah, know, as and we're, you know, hitting on straight you. ladies do enjoy yeah. a bit of lesbian flirting. I think <laughs> I don't know why, but we've also established that that's a thing. Yeah, that is a thing. Yeah, yeah and mm. we've really established, especially that. with you and a beautiful bow tie. Yeah, it really tends seems to really to bring get the ladies, the ladies out. Gone. Yeah, just yeah. like hello, lesbian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but we danced, and um, there was nothing, and we were nothing. both like, what? Well, I wasn't surprised because I didn't really feel that way about you. No, I know. And I don't feel that way about you. <laughs> no, but I kind of at least thought there would be some, like, sexy chemistry. I don't yeah, know. nothing. Maybe I but don't it's know fine. chemistry works. It makes friendship a lot easier when you don't want to have sex with each other, I find, as a rule. I find that too, mm, Brooke. I yeah. find that's really... And look, you know, I just I, I thank you, Sally, for your uh, <laughs> inclusiveness um, and inviting a straight white lady onto your podcast you know because I think what gets forgotten often is the importance of straight white voices uh on the (laughs) (laughs) sure so you know I'm glad that you're not excluding us yeah I mean straight white people have it pretty hard yeah I know man like we're just getting forgotten yeah Yeah, I'm glad we could bring you on concerning me yeah Hey, it was my birthday yesterday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Sal. I know. And we had a really great time doing we had karaoke. such a great time. And, yeah. um, you know, what's her name? Wished you happy birthday. <gasps> Tammy Brown. <laughs> and I put it I put it on Sorry. Facebook. <laughs> I know. And that's a present you and Felicity got me. Was... Yeah, we did. I can take all of the credit for that. <sighs> Tammy Brown, man, yeah. from Drag Race. Actually, also, I will mention for anyone who does like Drag Race, it was a pretty devastating um, episode on Saturday. Well, it wasn't devastating. It was just stupid because they had a tie. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, spoiler. <laughs> after the spoiler. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, a tie between Monet Exchange and my queen, Trinity the Tuck. Oh, the Tuck. Yeah. Which <laughs> is which is bullshit, Brooke. I know I you don't watch it. just but. don't. And I really should, but I'm currently, um, you know, in the grip of Married at First Sight. Which is fascinating in itself. Which is fascinating in itself. I'm actually surprised there's no gay marriage on it this year. 
disappointing. Yeah. Why did the lesbians not see this as a, you know, as an option? Because you know, clearly it's a. I feel like we're better than valid that. path. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I wasn't going to say that. Yeah, Just true. Throwing it no. out there, but you know, but maybe. I think, yeah, I still think going back to karaoke that was the best thing I think we've ever done. Yeah, it was definitely so much fun. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, we need. There to are do so that many again. songs I've thought of that we can do again. I know. The two hours went really fast. It did. I think next time we should either book for six Mm -hmm. or eight. Yeah. And just... Or just pay double and do four hours. Yeah. And just be like... Not be able to speak or stand up the next day. Because it's exhausting as well. Yeah, I know. And it kind of like reminds me of this episode because... We're into. We interviewed Handsome. We did. She was so cool. Wasn't she cool? She was she the coolest. She was so cool. Yeah. That made me feel really uncool. Yeah. Well, like I just <laughs> <laughs> just beautifully highlighted my complete lack of coolness as a forty-one-year-old straight white lady. Yeah. Well, yeah. I usually think I'm pretty cool. Um, I know you're so and, cool, actually. I, you know, live in hope that some of your coolness will rub off on me in a uh, non-sexual, physical, <laughs> chemistry <laughs> way. Oh, you're flirting, bro. <laughs> oh, I don't know how I resist. Um, no, but she was very cool, and I was like, oh, I recognise your coolness, and I think her band was cool as well. Like they looked cool. We saw them on the street. I was like, did. yeah, I remember we were like, no, oh, they look really cool. And I was so gutted we couldn't go to her show that night, but I definitely need to catch her one day because her music is so good. Yeah, because we voted for her in the Hottest 100. We did, Hottest 100, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's who we interviewed this week. Oh, sorry, I've got a message. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, my life doesn't stop, guys. Um, so popular. Yeah. And busy and important um, yeah that's how I, that's who i am so yeah mm-hmm. we went and interviewed her and we talked about i think we talked about everything we talked to her for like an hour and a half yeah and i'm putting that whole thing up are you really yeah even was... the bit where i said about <laughs> don't you feel like this tomboy pop label you know is it judgment on your <laughs> femininity and she was like no i pretty much came up with that myself and i'm like ah oh, okay then <laughs> yeah, I think I'm very happy that I came with the serious journalistic questions. Yeah, because you are a journalist. Like, yeah, I, I fully yeah. took the whole thing way too seriously, might I say. So, yeah. yeah. Whereas I had about five questions and yeah, I moseyed on in and just was like. And you just chat. You've got such a great approach. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I was genuinely um, yeah. so thrilled to be involved. So, thanks. Yeah, so. and I would love you to be involved again next time we well, go and see. I'd love to get involved. Someone cool. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it's handsome, guys, and I've got her. Um, all her details on the website anyway so you can um get her ep and stuff album ep all of them yeah everything you can get everything just get get everything thanks for coming on brooke thanks for having me sal oh you know i love it (laughs) have you on again and again and again oh sitting between why do they think um i guess because of my music name um, like, pre- uh, I guess I present as a woman, but I'm very tomboyish, um, and I have long hair. And then my name's Handsome, so everyone's like, "I'm gonna go with they yeah. for that," yeah, which so- is cool. I don't mind. I, I don't find like I don't find like it's a misgendering thing or anything. I think more than anything, it seems like it comes from politeness. Yeah. Um, and I think I don't know. There's I've got a bunch of friends that are now identifying as non-binary and or they have in the past and have found that that's the title that they feel most most comfortable with and so I've now know people that use they and them 
almost out of politeness just to start off with, yeah. um, which is an interesting thing. It is, it is interesting. Yeah. Because some people are freaking out about that stuff. Oh, I don't care at all in the slightest. Um, I play in a band with a friend of mine called Joyride and um, he posted something on Twitter recently because he's just announced a tour that says, me and the fellas are going on tour and he's, he's got an old girl band. Yeah. And I was like, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't really mind either way. I mean, there are some like female um, identity terms that I don't really flow with which is a part of the the name of handsome in general. I don't like the name pretty. It's awful. Yeah. And I really don't identify with that. And beautiful, I think, um, is totally, um, you know, seemingly a universal term, like men, women, whatever um, you identify as. But, yeah, handsome makes more sense to me, I think. Yeah, okay. Because, yeah. yeah, that's what I was wondering, kind of like, why the name in a way like why did you end up going with that um for a couple of reasons like i like i think handsome has like a romance about it um it's and there's like an old timey thing about it which i love and um i think there's a part of my nature which is um i like to look after people and that comes into that romance of um being a gentleman i think uh, like I like opening doors for people and doing things like that and that extends further into my identity or my personality. Um, but, yeah, it was also – it's also just the fact that people continuously ask me that question, which means that they are actively thinking or questioning or thinking about gender on a deeper level and also um, like words, <laughs> which yeah. which means so much and so little all at the same time. Yeah. Because they can mean a hell of a lot. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's funny. I, I've been um, recently like battling with the idea of um, the word bitch in music really shits me and it annoys me when women use it um, on a level where they're saying, oh, no, no, we're like we're taking it back, we're, um, we're, we're putting the power back into it on our side, which I completely understand, but I think you have to always use it in that context. You can't use it and then refer to another woman as a bitch. Yeah, I agree. You're you're basically just you know, selling yourself short. Yeah, it's kind of like reclaiming the word cunt. Yeah, totally. I think you can totally reclaim that. But, um, I mean, we reclaim the word gay. We reclaim yeah. the word queer. Um, and there is a total power in that. But I think if you can, if you continue to use it in a derogatory sense, then it's you're just shooting yourself in the foot really yeah it's, it's pretty dumb yeah. yeah I'm not into it I don't like it um it makes me uncomfortable and I feel like younger generations um you know like I hung out with a friend of mine recently who's 20 and um she was calling me like bitch like just to hang out and I was like that's cool and then she was talking about a girl that she was interested in and she ghosted her and, like didn't text her back and she was like fucking bitch and I was like babe you're talking about a woman that like, like in a way, like she, you didn't like, you didn't like that she didn't like you back. And so you're calling her that. That's, now she's that's crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. funny, isn't it? See, I, I probably shouldn't use crazy. Am I right? Like that's, it's taken it too far. I don't think we can say much anymore. That's so, true. Yeah. Which is um, cool. I don't know. We're just going through a time. Can I just go back to what you said um, before about the, the tomboy thing? Cause that's one of the things that I picked up um, in, 
um, reading about you and your music. Um, so, I mean, you said that it comes from a good place, but you know, the tomboy thing, it's like still trying to assess you against some level of femininity, you know? Totally. Um, I, I see, I kind of see that point, but, um, I don't know. I feel like tomboy is completely reclaimed, not as a derogatory thing. I think that lesbians a lot of the time or, um, women who identify as tomboys like it. Um, I don't think it's often used as something that's like, oh God, like she's such a tomboy, but maybe it is. I don't know. I, I never experienced a bad side of that. Um, my mum was a tomboy growing up and like highly encouraged me to use like the toys that I had, which were like soldiers and cars. And I was never interested in dolls and I had really short hair like Sally um, for most of my teenage years. Um, so yeah, I, I've never experienced a bad side of it, but I do see the two sides of the coin. Mm. It's not necessarily a derogatory term and something that you grew up, you know, feeling. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. It goes back to that idea of like words can mean nothing and everything. It's like Tom, just because Tom is a, is a boy's name and just because boy is a boy doesn't mean that it should just be identified to that person. Um, but yeah, I, um, in like our first press releases and bios and stuff for Handsome, um, I made my label put in that the music was tomboy pop, which is, um, like I just wanted to coin the term, so <laughs> but also, yourself, yeah, cause that's that obviously that's where, that's where yeah, it from, but also, um, I mean for a couple of levels, because I think I find it interesting what people pick up and what they don't use, um, like in media, etc. A lot of people use tomboy pot. They're like, oh, so you make tomboy pot. I'm like, hee hee hee, not really knowing that I actually just made the word up. Um, but also I think I really do feel that's what the music sounds like to me. So I just think it sounds awesome. <laughs> yes. Like I don't know, when you were talking about that, sometimes I thought like even when I was a kid, like sort of coming into adulthood I guess and not realising that I was gay but also displaying clear signs to people and, and I think those kind of words scared me like tomboy and I think people used to throw dyke around and stuff like well that's fucking intense <laughs> it is fucking intense that was a that was a state oh it was about 13 and stuff like so people would call people that as yeah, a, an yeah. insult like yeah, it, yeah 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 it wasn't like yeah so it was kind of like a jokey insult but it used to really scare me I kind of imagined that for you as a four-year-old and I was like wow yes. <laughs> next level no 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 not at that level I didn't know then um but there were there were definite signs I think looking back on those photos um but I think by the time I was 13 I was crushing all over my uh, home economics teacher managed to wrangle an invitation around to her house Oof. yeah which nice. I was very well prepped for um it, as far as getting to her house I really didn't know what to do there and we just had afternoon tea and it was very actually that yeah that was sounding like I was leading it into another direction. I thought you were too. I was excited. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, no, but my mum said to me on the driveway when she was coming to pick me up, she's like, you're in love with her, aren't you? And I was like, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. And also, <laughs> what? Like, yeah, so, but yeah, I mean, I don't know that I was in love with her. I just thought she was a bit of all right, so. Yeah, totally. Like, how can you know that you're in love when you're that age? Yeah, I, it was 13. I had crushes on teachers too. It was fun. Do you think it's a lesbian thing? 
I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe it's a... I think it's an everyone thing. I definitely had crushes on my high school teachers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I had fun with the, my, my crushes in high school. Like flirting with them? And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was, <clears throat> I was quite a loud, um, obnoxious teen. <laughs> <sighs> Did they know you were flirting? I think so. I reckon yeah. they were flirting back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, maybe that sounds so arrogant to say out loud. Um, I actually, I actually don't think it is. And this is something that came up the other day because I wear bow ties sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, my theory is straight women and a lesbian in a bow tie, they, it is an irresistible kind of thing. And to the point where I was sexually harassed, quite willingly, I was happy to be sexually harassed this time. Right. Um not that it happens. It's okay. It's okay. <clears throat> Doesn't happen all the time. And yeah, I'm like, oh god, the whole Me Too movement comes crashing down. Um, no, but it, it, I said to to Brooke, like, it is a bow tie. Like, people, some women, not all women, but some women, just, you know, to the point where it could just be you, though. You know, like, um, I think some lesbians just have that aura about them for straight women. You will meet my bass player at some point. She's going to come through. Um, Shan and like Shan walks into a room and like every woman drops their shit. I'm just like <laughs> fucking hell. And um, and she's always had the same thing. It's really it's a very magical power. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think like maybe it's the bow tie, but I it's probably you. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Like I'll I'll take that actually. Yeah. Um. Because I I believe that you're right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. It just it really surprised me though that night to the point of. Some women would just, oh my god! Like it's amazing that you, you know, that you're wearing that. And then the the touching that happened, and mm. the up the back of the neck touching, and all that. And I was like, so funny! Wow! And I'm here working, and I don't get to. It is funny though. Like I saw what's I don't know what the film's called. Um, Kira Knightley is in a film. Um, it's part of like the British Film Festival. It came out recently, and it's um, her playing like one of the most famous female writers, um, French writers, in the like early twentieth century. And she meets. It's a true story, and she obviously and she um, ends up meeting this woman who identifies and presents as a man, which is crazy in like nineteen oh one. Yeah. Um, and anyway, there's these conversations going on. She's written this book, but her husband is releasing them. Uh, and she, she's the woman who, you know, her, her partner who presents as a man was like, you have to go and say to him, like, my book is, my name is going to be on the next fucking book. And so she dresses her and she, Kira Knightley walks in in a suit <laughs> and I like audi- audibly made noises like I just couldn't and I think that there's like there is something for there's something for everybody I think like we need to break down these funny barriers really of like queer and or gay and bisexual and blah 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 that there's I think there are just people in the world that are attracted to certain um certain things certain people like I have so many lesbian friends who um like in their own facets of that so there's like sporty gays and like girly gays and like this and that or whatever and I think um those representations are like those little segments of communities you know yeah it's not just like they're gay women it's like no there's like gangs there is a gang yeah there is 
And because I like, I always go older, like way older. Right. Um, and then to the point where people are calling it like not, I mean, not elderly, like, uh, um, but I do, I go always go for older women and that. <laughs> and nice. like my friend Sarah says it's a fetish and I'm like, I think, yeah, I think that's, I mean, I, don't know, I wouldn't call it, call it a fetish. That's crazy. But, um, that's ridiculous. Sorry. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like my, I have a type, which is like feminine, but, um, like confident and yeah. there's like elements of like boyishness maybe. Yeah. Um, usually women of color. Like, yeah, it's just that's just I how just, it rolls. I, yeah, that. I can't, I can't do anything. I'm powerless. Yeah, that's right. To that type of woman, and like when I first <laughs> met my partner, um, yeah, like my partner's the kind of woman that would like walk into the room and people would like for her her like confidence and the way that yeah, she carries okay. herself, even though she's, um, you know, terribly anxious, like all of us are at points. But, yeah, I don't know. But I don't, wouldn't call that a fetish, but I just think that, like, everyone has their type. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I'm powerless with this older woman thing. Like, it's mm. an older, powerful woman thing. Mm. And immediately I have no control over it. Mm. And I'm just, like, getting in the business of getting around that. Mm-hmm. Like, getting <laughs> up in that business. Yeah, and just making myself noticeable, yeah. um, you know, yeah, perhaps yeah. leaning on a wall, you know, in a seductive manner. It's Amazing. Yeah. So, I'm picturing it. So it is. I'm powerless. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. I don't remember. What we're talking about tomboys. Tomboys. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, afraid. tomboys. It's not a dirty word to me. I don't think. But I, I do understand how um, people could perceive it in that way. And some like, you know, yeah. I think as a younger person, when you're not comfortable with your sexuality, um, there's there's a constant fear of words like being thrown at you. I don't think I've ever been called a dyke, but I definitely would have reacted horribly to that. Um, yeah. But I, I have, I did have moments in high school because my books were like literally covered in photographs of Angelina <laughs> Jolie and Drew Barrymore. Obsessed with them. Yeah, like right. my, my bedroom wall was. I had twenty eight photographs of Drew Barrymore on my wall, and that wow. that wasn't even the start of Angelina Jolie. And um, I yeah, so I, I remember like in high school. I had like girls would come up to me and be like, "Are you gay?" I'd be like, "No." Ugh, gross! As if I remember a girl called Michaela. I can't remember Larate, maybe just like outing you on this podcast. Um, I remember seeing, shout out to Michaela. Shout out to Michaela. <clears throat> she was she was such a flirt with me. <clears throat> I went to a girls' school, by the way. It was great. Oh, nice. <clears throat> You're so lucky. I'm um, sorry. I keep coughing. Um, and I remember being in my English class and my English teacher, Miss Turco, shouts to you, um, flirted with me all the time. And I flirted back, obviously. We had a great time, but I'd be like, blah, blah, blah. And she'd be like, Caitlin, stop it. Like that's, it, took, it went to that Whoa. level in front of like 30 other students. Um, and I remember Michaela Larate sitting on my lap and like flirting with me in English while looking through my diary and like finding all these photographs of women and being like, are you gay? And I was like, are you babe? Like you're the one sitting on my fucking lap. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. And yes. And are you, <laughs> I really should have said that. I really wish I did. I wow. ha- wish I had the confidence to say that at the time. I feel like I was living that situation. That's yeah, great. Was, now, now saying it out loud, like it's pretty hot. Anyway. It's re- yeah. I don't it's um, like it's like flirtation within flirtation. It's like flirt inception. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, you get entrapped in it. Like it's just it's amazing. 
had an economics teacher. There was an economics teacher at my school, sorry, who I thought was a bit of all right. So I chose economics. And as somebody who can't do maths or who doesn't understand the economy, it was not a great choice for me. But she was still the teacher. And then she was leaving at the end of grade 11. And in front of the whole class, when she announced she was leaving, she turned to me and went, will you be okay, Sally? And I went, yes, I will be be fine i don't care like who are you lady like yeah, it was yeah, terrible. yeah. She, i mean she was yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That, yeah totally yeah I've, i i feel like i've had similar situations like that yeah am i blocking you from talking no not at all i'm just listening politely okay yeah. do you want to talk and i've still got that old journo thing where i think if we're um like being um we're doing audio like you must be quiet when the other person mm. is speaking mm. it's all my old journo mm. stuff coming back i did notice that yeah I'm not a journo, so yeah, I just I just talk over everybody and and do that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But do you almost feel quite sort of protective of that, you know, younger queer community because you know you've been there, felt it, and it's something that comes through really strongly. When I yeah, totally. Time. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, like with late night ball game, that's exactly the message that was supposed to be sent, and um, it was kind of fun to do that that video and also, you know, write that song and sit and talk to my parents about what it was about. And my parents are actually in the clip. There's like a scene where the parents, there's like a group of parents like screaming into the phone. And they were, they were my, my mum and dad and then like a couple of family friends of ours. Amazing. Um, and some of them had queer kids. Um, so I think they were all really confronted by doing that scene because um, I think a lot of, them and um, my my parents' friends um, really got to experience the way that that would feel for a queer kid or for their queer child that had to come out to them um, and how, like, nerve-wracking and anxiety-driven and terrified those children are to have to do that. And I don't want to, like, you know, completely continue to drill in how fucked it is because I want kids to be able to hear that it's okay and, like, you know, you should feel confident doing it. Look at us. Like, we're fine. But, um, yeah, like, I, I think – I still think it's really unfair and it's something that, um, you know, the teenage generation now have got a better grasp on um, and, you know, like the idea of, um, you know, gender fluidity, et cetera, is, and sexual flu fluidity is a much stronger thing these days, which is great to see, but it still doesn't change some people's experience of that. And, um, yeah, it's kind of a weird, funny, um, you know, like different edge of the sword because if for me as well, I think coming out is what sets queer people apart from the rest of the world straight people, etc., because we are forced to um, take a moment in our lives to have to, we have to look at ourselves and feel confident enough to be like, that's me. And there's so much power in that. Um, like a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety that's around it. But um, we become, we become people with um, this strength that I don't think straight people are ever forced to have and there's a real power in that and um you know when queer people get together you feel it you know like um there is such a um undeniable love for one another in that community but a lot of it comes from 
that moment in your life or those moments in your life where you're made to feel like you shouldn't be who you are and then you turn around and said, go fuck yourself. And, you know, that um, I think that changes us. Yeah, it's an intense shared experience, isn't it? And as a straight person, it's something that you, it kind of freaks me out to think that I haven't even, you know, it's not on, it's not on your radar for want of a better term. Um, and yeah. You gator. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, but yeah, like I think, I think um, young people, young queer people um, are a huge um, direct point for the music that I make um, and I want people to feel safe and to feel like they can be, they can listen to that music and be like, you know, like uh, me and my girlfriend were having this conversation and we're really excited about the fact that Netflix, like new Netflix shows, there's like heaps of queer people in there and oh, I'm like, yes. what up? This is so great. And like, um, yes. you know, there's like just this, the casual like, you know, best friend of the lead is gay and like no one's talking about it. It's not a big deal. It's just a thing. And I'm like, amazing. Um, and having that visibility is great. But I think, you know, like King Princess, I'm a mad fan of her music. Um, she's incredible. And it changes the way that you listen to it because you're like, she's singing about a woman and I know she is and I've had that experience. And so like I can relate to that in a way, um, which is also kind of funny because like I understand like genre-wise like gay men have always been so interested in Kylie and you know it's just so not really their experience but maybe it is I don't know whatever I haven't I haven't lived that just making judgments um <laughs> but yeah you know like so I think there's a power in um young people being able to listen to my music and other people's music who are outwardly queer and proud about it to be like you know I'm gonna have those experiences and you know I remember having a crush on my teacher so mm. did Sally, you know. Yeah, a lot of them, a lot of teachers just went through yeah. the whole school pretty much. Not yeah. just the home ec and economics teachers. Yeah, no, it was it, was it lasted into uni as there well. There was more. <laughs> yeah, it was more, a lot more guys. Um, yeah, no, well, I actually had a crush on a girl too and I liked her and I flicked a rubber band in her eye um, accidentally because I was trying to be cool. Damn. Yeah, lost it. But everyone's had those experiences, right? Yeah. You know, like the classic, you walking past someone trying to look cool and you like trip a bit. I, I, went, I was thinking the other day, I went on a date with someone once and we were getting into her car and uh, I didn't realise that there was a big hole in the ground because uh, there there was no reason why that hole should have been there. Mm. Um, but I went into the hole and then I came back up very quickly um, with leaves all over me and she had been unlocking the door because it was manual and she's like... <laughs> why is all this happening now? Like, why, where did the leaves come from? And That's I was so like, funny. yeah, I was like, yeah, there's a, uh, there's a hole over here that, that I went into. Yeah. But it was so quick. I'm trying to imagine how large this hole is, but it was huge. Like I, I was just, I was down and up so quickly, but also then covered in debris. <laughs> so yeah. And that poor woman had just looked down to unlock the door and looked back up and Suddenly I had all leaves on me. Yeah. Amazing. I love that story so much. Yeah. So that's that's my whole love life is littered with littered stories with leaves like that. In your head. Yeah. Like just like just like catastrophe after catastrophe. So. Yeah. But I guess um like 
uh, a lot of the, those things happen to a lot of people. I was thinking about it the other day. I, I get really frustrated and upset if I trip in public, which is ridiculous. But I get, I'm like always like, you know, like the, one of those people that turn around and look like, well, who the fuck put that there? Yeah. Everyone you just know? be careful like, of this oh, pebble. It's, it's not my fault. It's somebody else's. <laughs> like, let's go find this person. But I kind of laugh, like you laugh about it in a way because it, it's, it really is just the way that you react to it. Yeah. Is, is a thing that makes the difference. And so... <laughs> I guess, um, yeah, I mean, like, there's times in your life where you're like, I'm just having a really shitty day and then, you know, like, you go to sip your tea and it, like, goes all down your front and, you know, this happens and that and that and you're just like, why is this happening to me? But the reality is it happens to everybody all the time. you just got to, like... Yeah. This is just reminding me of this time where I was on the train in London. It was, like, one of my first, um, like, first few weeks there and I was staring at these really hot guys just sitting across from me and they obviously had just landed. They were from South America or something. So yeah. Amazing. I have a thing for these people apparently. Oh, um, a fetish. Yeah. We haven't had a fetish go, in the house. Right? We've, all, we've all got one. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and, yeah, and I was so staring at them. I was just off in my own little world and I got up and I went to walk off the train, tripped up and fell literally flat on my face and it was really embarrassing. Did they help you? No. Not even, but then, you know, you just pick yourself up really, really fast and run away. Yeah. (laughs) But I think, yeah, embarrassment is a very odd thing to feel. Mm. Like when you break it down, you're just like, what's the point? But it happens. When I was a kid, um, I've got really, like, amazing, intense circulation in my face. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Sure. Um, And so, like, if you ever see me doing exercise, which you never will, um, but if you ever see me, for example, you know, if I go rock climbing, because this has happened when I've rock climbed, my face is red for hours, like one of those people, you know, like really thin skin and, like, crazy circulation. So I'm just, like, red constantly for hours. (laughs) And, but when I was a kid and I think I've just learned to like manage this better. Um, if I get embarrassed and go red in the face, like everyone knew about it, like every person in the room. Um, and yeah, I think growing older, I was like, you break down all the times that you were embarrassed and you're just like, didn't need to happen. Didn't need to feel embarrassed, but it, it, you know, it it all, all like boils into like anxiety and, you know, social pressure and all of those things. Because it's, um, it's, I think being really focused on the way other people see you and mm. the way, and, and being fearful of people's opinion of you. Totally. And as much as you try and go, fuck it, fuck them, you know, and I think you get better as, at that as you get older, but still, it's kind of hard not to. I know. And then when you go, when, go back to what you were saying before, like when you boil down the way that teenagers feel and how, I mean, I remember being, feeling the way that I felt as a teenager like not even as a queer person and feeling so uncomfortable. And I look back on it now and I'm like, God damn, I would never relive that. Um, and nobody would, um, for those people who are like listening to this and aren't queer, imagine that and then put queerness on top of it. Like it's, it, it is such a concoction of terror, um, that people can feel. And it's so fun and exciting. And like, you get to explore all these things and there's moments of sheer joy, obviously as a part of it. Um, but yeah, like it's you know that's that's a pretty intense thing to feel. And is there you know just on that like that feeling of almost being on the outside, like different to everybody else? And you're you know you 
from what you know you, you talk about inclusivity quite mm, a lot mm. and that's obviously a really big thing for yeah now yeah absolutely i mean there's i guess there's kind of schools of thought of being like well you know you should um take the power back of feeling like an outsider and there's an element i guess of creating like the handsome gang for me which is creating a safe space for people whether they're queer or not who feel like they've had a hard time um like creating a safe space in music and at shows and wanting to wear the merch, you know, that says Handsome Gang on it and feel proud and happy about that. Um, yeah, so there's an element of being like, I'm going to create a gang for people that have felt like an outsider, um, which I think is cool. Um, but at the same time, yeah, like you don't want to um, make the outsider grand like or grandiose. You know, you don't want to continue to push that. But I think it's fine to feel different. I mean, like, gay people, I mean, queer people just in general are just, like, they're different and there's a magic thing about it, which is great. Yeah. A fabulousness. I, We're all fab. Yeah. Um, I think we've all got a pretty good sense of humour too. Yeah. Most, I mean, does that, come out of, does that come out of having to come out? Yeah, I think, And like, maybe having to laugh at, like, sometimes your uncomfortableness? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Like, the, and trauma and stuff. Like, yeah. I think, yeah. Like, as a re- yeah, reaction. Yeah, because it's like anything in life. You can cry about it or you can laugh at it, and at some point, yeah, you've, you've got to laugh. Yeah, I think hopefully. I think um, I think we're pretty resilient. Yeah, as a rule. Yeah, totally. Like resilience is a perfect word to describe it. Um, and you know, there's there's been a lot of conversation recently, especially about queerness in Australia and the fact that forty years of Mardi Gras came up, um, and thinking about the idea that. Um, maybe a lot of younger queer people are kind of forgetting how hard um, 78ers and, you know, um, people who were queer, you know, before we were born had a lot of trouble. You know, you can't really take that stuff for granted. Um, I've got two um, amazing gay uncles. Um, one is called Johnny Seymour and the other is called Paul Mack. You guys might know, know Paul Mack. I know he's a musician. Yes. Yep. Um, and they're in a, um, a DJ group called Stereogamous. They um, remixed my song Late Night Ball Game. Um, Are we talking about Paul Mack? Yeah. Like, if yeah, okay. Yeah. Carry on, please. Um, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm just like the Paul Mack, right? Yeah, the Paul Mack. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, like if you've never heard Paul Mack's queer story, you should totally delve in there. He did yeah. her queer stories with Maeve, actually. You should check it out. Um, but yeah, like when, when you're speaking of like respect of your elders, um, like, you know, if you're a young queer person in Sydney and you don't have a family and like, you don't have anywhere to go, like so many people have the story of meeting Johnny and their world's being completely turned around because of him and like making him like they, you know, he has, has found a way to make so many young queer people feel safe in that space. Um, and that's, you know, that's something that you should be continuously throwing praise at and, um, feel fortunate to be in their lives. So yeah. Anyway, that's, that's an interesting side note. Not sure where I took that or why. (laughs) (laughs) It's just such a great example. And it just, I guess it, um, helps explain why you take so much responsibility for that on yourself. Cause it's clearly something that you've. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, um, at my Sydney um, show recently which was like the launch of my EP um a girl came up to me and was like 
like she was sort of hanging around and um, I could sort of sense her presence a bit, but I was just like, come on, say hi. Um, And she came up and she was like, hi, I just want to let you know, like um, your music is the reason that I came out. And I was like, whoa. And like sort of burst into tears and couldn't really deal with it and just like hugging her and stuff. And then like dedicated the song to her on the stage and et cetera. Nicole shouts to you. Um, But you're like that that is an incredible reason to continue to make music and like try and use a platform to, um, yeah, to extend that political awareness or social awareness. Um, yeah. And make people feel comfortable and okay to do that kind of stuff. Because if she was in a position before, like she said, she was dating, she had a boyfriend, a long-term boyfriend and then came out like in the last three months. It's crazy. Wow, that's, yeah. that is crazy. Yeah. Wow. It's really amazing and it's like – and it says so much about the power of music, I think, and words, sometimes not, sometimes yes. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, from Colin, mate. And we were talking about that, you and I, earlier in terms of how, you know, important it is for artists to come out. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, when maybe I was a kid, there was a number. one angry. day it won't be and it won't be a thing, but right now it's important. I just I don't know if it's ever not going to be not a thing you know like there is a substantial divide between queer and straight people on many levels I think and I don't think it ever needs to be negative and that's the issue that there is right now but I think to a point I think queer people like the bubble that they're in to be perfectly honest um Mm. when when you are there like, um, it's, and it's not, not inclusive, you know, like, um, a friend of mine in Sydney, Kat Dopper runs a party called Heaps Gay, which if you ever get to go, you should definitely go to. Is that invite only or? No, no, it's a, yeah. Um, and it's totally inclusive and it's the first party that I've ever been to and I've ever heard about, which is actually marketed at gay and straight people but it's very queer but it allows straight people to like turn up and like experience the energy of a queer room and like you know put fucking diamantes on their faces and like you know let straight boys dress up in drag if they want to um and vice versa and it's um yeah it's a really amazing thing but i think it's just like welcoming people into a world that is pretty queer yeah it's really good (laughs) It's so much fun, um, but it's yeah, like that's. I think that um, that's just like sort of hones hones in on the idea that like queer people kind of like they like the thing, you know. Um, I think we've been pushed to be outsiders for so long. I don't think we'll give it up very quickly. Actually, I really agree with that. Actually, because mm. that that's how I feel a little bit. Like uh, where I work is very straight, very fancy. Sorry to hear that. Thanks. Yeah, it's okay. But um Yeah, but I'm I'm not at all. Mm. And I think that's that's worked in my favor um in a, in a little way and I pr- I really prefer that 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 I'm the only one that looks like me and mm. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and you've got your own thing going on on the weekends and they don't know about it or whatever. I think like I think I think we all need to be pretty honest about that. Yeah. It's okay. Um, and it's funny, like, you know, I, I, where I work, um, the record label that I work at, everybody's straight, um, and a lot, and majority men, um, and they're all incredible. Yeah. Uh, and, but like, I get to, you know, talk about 
my gay weekend and kind of, but also have this air about me, like, but you wouldn't be invited. Yeah, you probably wouldn't <laughs> um, understand course, it either. Of, yeah. yeah, and of course they would. And also, you know, <laughs> shouts to my boss who's actually come to Heapsgate quite a few times um, <laughs> as a straight man. But, uh, yeah, like I think I think we all need to be honest that there's a part of that um, outsiderness or that differentness that um, we revel in every so often. Yeah, I know like um, even like friends of mine, straight friends talk about like some relationships with women or something and I'm immediately like, just sounds like a lesbian drama. Like, and I'm like, it can either go two ways. Like, and it does, it always goes one or the other, like kind of thing. Totally. And they're like, wow, like you really know. And I'm like, yeah, of course I do. Like, yeah. What do you reckon about like the kids at the moment, like talking about that kind of stuff and what they're trying to do with, uh, schools and stuff like oh it makes me really angry yeah do you really want to bring that up i do okay. i really want to get angry with you um and then let's bring up the plebiscite afterwards no and then we can just be really mad yeah i mean it's yeah it's, it's really horrible and it's really and it um obviously there have there have been two um schools that have um the principals have come out come out saying that um they didn't agree with it and you know that says so much about the church stronghold on our society yeah yeah um but it just shits me like all all of it shits me like it um you know I've got queer friends that went to the schools that um and they you know they're having to write stuff on social media and and actually express the way that it's making them feel which is awful and it's awful because it's making them relive that which is crazy but the um but yeah just imagine I mean it is it is a guarantee that the liberal government will utilize safe sex I'm sorry safe schools and trans conversations for the next election they're using it yep. already which is fucked it's royally fucked you can't walk into a space where children are, are trying to learn who they are and utilize it as as um a bartering tool for politics it's just not okay you know like a huge part of what no hat no play my EP is about is this idea that like breaking down the barrier of the idea that um, adults always know better than kids. Like it's just not fucking true. And those, um, you know, something that I've always been very bad at, but I'm trying to learn to be better at is to be a listener Um, (laughs) because I talk a lot and I like to like suck the oxygen from the space. But um, (laughs) so I'm trying to learn to be better at that. But I think that, um, says a lot about like adults grow up and then they become adults and then they're like, well, I've learned everything now and Mm. I will now bestow my wisdom onto you. Whereas kids know a lot about the world and they have a lot of insights that they can offer people who are older. Um, And, but more, more than anything, you know, as, as a older person, you can't teach a young person who they are. Like that's their journey and the longer that you tell somebody who they are, the longer it's going to take for them to become who they sh- they are, who yeah. they should be and who they want to be. And so the idea of, uh, you know, um, the church or this government um, interfering with that world is so ridiculous. And the whole, the whole thing with safe schools was so ridiculous and it's ongoing. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean... Is there another way that we can look at it? Like maybe. Like is it is it something that's not so implemented in schools and it's something that is extracurricular? Is that taking away what it's supposed to be in the first place? Like, you know, it's it's 
Safe Schools was implemented as a non-bullying fucking program. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so, yeah, it, it, really, so it really makes me really angry and um, makes me very uncomfortable to, like, go anywhere near the North Shore in Sydney, which is, like, where all the schools are. You would be, like... Just because I just, I just like, I went there the other day because that's where all the beaches are. It's really annoying. Um, <laughs> and sort of like drove past one of the schools and I was like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's, um, if, if it can conjure that reaction in an in a adult who's 31 who definitely doesn't go to school anymore and never went to a school like that, um, then you, Im- you can just imagine the way that it's making the kids feel. Yeah, I kind of like when I think about it and I think about kids today and I'm 38 so that made me just sound really old when I think about kids today and what they need. Um, I have a six-year-old daughter and she's, I mean, she's brilliant Like, and it's amazing that you can create the best person you've ever met. Like that's the magic of kids I think. It's like I've just created like, the best person ever. Um, but we – she was Sorry? Props. Yeah, I'm like – yeah she's pretty amazing amazing yeah. yeah and um so she watches this show called the loud house on stan or something anyway i was sitting with her the other day watching it it's very and it is a very loud show she loves it and um one of the kids in it has two dads and i was like oh it's amazing mm. and i said to her i said oh look like i don't know what his name is like johnny's dad johnny has two dads and she looked at me and she was like yeah, mum. So? That's all right. Yeah. And I was like, well, hang on a minute. I'm not a homophobe. Like, I was Obviously, just. Obviously, babe. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the way she looked at me, I was like, you know, I'm just, I was just pointing it out. And I'm like, well, why am I even pointing it out? Like, it's kind of this crazy situation. Well, because you, like, come from a, that different generation. I Like, when I was a kid, um, I was taught that gay people had really hard lives. And so you yeah. shouldn't do that. And they all died. Which is and, ridiculous. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and it. And it's totally a, a parent or somebody older than you, re, like really caring about you. That's what it is, sincerely, hopefully, um, with a little dash of homophobia. Yeah, the, yeah, probably. Um, but large the homo- sprinkle. That, that homophobia comes from um, a lack of education and yeah. just reading fucking propaganda, and you know, from a generation of people that grew up, you know, with the Grim Reaper on their TVs, yeah. like losing Freddie Mercury. Um, yeah, so, Elton John surprising everybody. Yeah, come on, guys. Yeah, that was that was seemed like a no brainer. That's a hundred footer. Guys. El- Ellen yeah. as well. I heard a podcast recently, actually, about um, sort of like the slow coming out of Ellen, which was really interesting. I'll tell you about it later. Yeah, um, it, I I was obsessed with that. Were yeah, you obsessed with that. What Ellen? Yeah, like coming out and and all that kind of stuff. Not really. I mean, I was kind of in a lucky um, situation um, where a lot of my friends were gay. Like, God. Um, yeah, like primary school friends um, who who stayed high school friends, and then I just had this really like it was funny. I don't know where it's like the water we were drinking or um, where we grew <laughs> don't up. Don't let the LMP find that out. Yeah. <laughs> Poison the water. Yeah, they'll turn the water off. Yeah. <laughs> Let the water flow. Um, but, yeah, yeah, um, so I was sort of lucky in that sense. And also, like, um, I grew up with great parents and, like, they're very supportive. There were moments of hesitation, definitely, yeah. which made me feel really uncomfortable and terrified just as every kid 
does, but I've heard like horror stories from friends of coming out, which is like half the reason why I wanted to write late night ball game. Um, you know, like being kids being thrown out of their houses for months on end. A friend of mine um, came out to her mum after she threw a L word DVD. Like her mum was like, what's this? And then threw it at her face. <gasps> Holy shit. How hectic is that? That is, that is hectic. Can I also say a little funny? Actually quite <laughs> hilarious, but I didn't know if that was the mood. Like <laughs> just <laughs> – but anyway, that's like, a pretty great story though to tell. Like you yeah, got the L word like chucked at your face. But yeah, I mean, I yeah, I sort of so um, I wasn't. I don't think I was obsessed with it, but um, it's really funny. Uh, you know, even talking about Netflix, for example, um, me and my girlfriend always like laugh when a gay character or a lesbian comes into the fold <laughs> of a show, and like your whole body <laughs> language changes. You just go like sort of like sorry no one can see me just sort of like rearing up like closer to the edge yeah. of your seat and everyone becomes like quite rigid and they're like oh, kind of thing it's so funny and you I know, think I think you just continue you continue to be obsessed with that yeah well I was watching The Haunting of Hill House recently. oh my god so good yeah and I Next was kind level of thinking good. like oh, I don't know yeah like it's good and then the lesbian sister came in and I was like this is this great. is one of the best oh, tv shows I've ever seen of all um, time, actually. has anyone ever seen this because you should like it's amazing um, also yeah. her girlfriend is so hot oh, oh my god she's like get thing. out of here I'm like love her even the thing with get the gloves back in here. like even when she was I was like I'm down with that I would be I would be like you'd be down with the gloves with like I'd just I'd be, be like, like oh my god yeah. take that leather off babe Jesus yeah I was she's She's really nice looking, that lady. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, both of them are gorgeous. Gorgeous. I was like, you guys are so gorgeous. Like, you definitely should be together. Yeah, and I'm hoping that you are in real life, but I don't think they are. Totally. Nobody I can, totally like, feel like that as well. Yeah. I'm always like, just, oh, my God, I wonder if they're gay in real life. That'd be amazing. They should be. Yeah. What is your favorite gay movie, like lesbian movie? Fuck, hmm. oh, that's such a hard question. I can edit out this sound. I don't know. I mean, I love, but I'm a cheerleader. Oh. Fab film. Yes. Fab actors, fab characters. That is like the quintessential coming out movie, I reckon. Like, yeah. If you're going to be gay, then you need to watch that first. Yeah, just totally. to make sure you are. I'm a fan of Ali Sheedy. I do love High Art mm -hmm. um, with Rada Mitchell, which I just think that was a really cool film. Um, but there's also... I have this like like love of Mila Kunis, lol. Yeah, she's so beautiful, and, and I love her cheekiness. Yeah, yeah, totally. And she's like, I don't know, she's a good actor, and she like carries herself well, and she's so hot. Um, <laughs> but she, there's a film I don't know what it's called, um, but it's the film is in threes, so it's three different stories, and one of the stories is her and Zoe Zawad. I don't know how to say her last name. Why do I know this? this anyway, there's a scene in there where, um, like, the Zoe character is gay, Mila Kunis is straight, and they're sitting in, like, um, a library, and Mila Kunis is, like, worried about the way her pussy smells, and so she, like, is asking questions about it. It's so hot. It's amazing. But it's also amazing because it's, like, it's seeing two women who are, like, exceedingly straight um, playing – effortlessly playing, playing queer characters yeah. and um and they're also there's like an educational side of it as well like and it's really empowering to women as well it's like 
um, and I love the fact that the lesbian empowers the straight woman. She's like, yeah, yeah. You're amazing. And she's like, oh, my God, thanks. And, um, you know, I'm sure that's happened to you with some of your straight female friends who Absolutely. are into your bow ties. Yeah. Um, well, I flirt endlessly with Brooke and others at work. And yeah. Do they listen to this? Yeah, I think some of them do. Like, they know it. I'm like, I bet you Brooke's listening right now. I bet she yeah, is. Yeah. Totally. So is Brooke. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, um, I would say, like, I'm a really big fan of the L word. Yeah. Major okay. fan of the L word. Watch the L word as a closeted teen. Yeah. Um, found a television on the side of the road that was like a trash heap. And then, like, I don't remember what time, what day it was on. I think it was like a Wednesday night at 9.30. Well, that was very specific. Yeah, I, <laughs> sure know. it wasn't 9.17? Or- <laughs> anyway, and um, I think my family would, like, watch um, – like I was scared to watch it with my sister, which yeah. is so funny because my sister is older than me but we're like 17 months apart, very close. Yeah. And my sister's always been like my greatest supporter and yeah. like my rock. So coming out to her should have just been a mad breeze um, and it was. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and I used to watch that um, and I just thought it was like so scandalous. Um, but it's so – like it's so educational and it's really funny to like watch it back now and like – Watch the way they dealt with trans issues. I'm like, come Holy on, guys. Holy shit. Bad. Yeah, yeah, this was um, – yeah. But, you know, that was the first time I'd seen a trans character on screen before, I was think. the first time I'd seen one of those penis things. Mm. The, uh, I can't – I don't know the Like a soft term. pack? Something like where he uh, was peeing. Like, oh, like a sheepy. Some, yeah, and that I'm was I'm not first, sure that's the correct term. No, but, but I still remember that scene of mm. like they, they pulled over on the side of the road and yeah. I was like – you know, wow, okay, this is amazing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love the L word. It's so good. Yeah, Not and Pam Greer was in it too, so. Yeah, I love Pam Greer. Um, and, you know, like every lesbian has the conversation of, like, which character are you, obviously, um, and, like, who would you be with, etc. I was talking about this, no joke, on Wednesday night <laughs> <laughs> with my friend Zinzi, shouts to Okenyo, I love you. Um um, yeah, we were talking about it, and she's like, "Like, I really like want to be with Bet, but like, I want to be Bet." And I was like, "So you want to fuck a- yourself?" And she was like, "Totally." Yeah, that's a that's a yeah that's a real situation. It's totally. like because you want to be the power lesbian, mm. but you also want to be with the power lesbian. I don't know if I want to be the power lesbian. I don't think I want to be with them either. No, I think I would definitely sleep with Bet. But anyway, um, like big fan of Jenny. Everyone hated her. I was a fan. Oh, we just need to pack up the interview. But, like, Carmen is actually my ultimate woman. I like the bird that Jenny was fucking in the beginning, the one that wore the hat, that had a husband. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. one. That was the one that I yeah. I was like, that's who I would have sex with. I was also a mad fan of Lara. Who was Lara? She was Dana's chef partner. Oh, like, like the, the red controlling hair. kind of one? No, she wasn't controlling. controlling. Okay. Was she, she was with Dana she was when pretty, she died? Yeah, yeah. She was pretty chill, actually. Okay, that's good. Because there was a controlling one, wasn't there? Yes. Yeah. Totally. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tonya? Yeah. Wow, we're going deep in They got now. engaged, didn't yes, they? Yeah, they and did. then they broke it off, yeah. Um, and then she started sleeping with Alice. Yeah. Big fan of Alice. Yeah. Would love to be friends with her. Yeah, Alice um, is great. But, yeah, like, Carmen is my ultimate woman and, like, when I have Carmen a partner. Was Shane was going to marry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was always like, I hate Shane. I still do. Yeah. To this day, I'm just like, what did you do to me and my life and my dreams and my hopes as 
a fucking 18 year old kid i'm like you ruined it you fucked yeah. it up yeah um but yeah like yeah the women i date now i'm like how would she like measure up to carmen yeah okay yeah wow i was really into xena oh yeah warrior princess xena. still into lucy lawless she could drop an egg and i would be there like i'd be like <laughs> yeah it's okay babe got it yeah oh, i got it like, she could do anything and i'd just be yeah she'd be like wow you're like a warrior yeah, like, i'd be like <laughs> yeah yeah i am like she kind of like giggling. spoke quite strangely on that show like her character was like we're gonna have to go over there <laughs> you're like what? Yeah. Well, that yeah, she did, and I used to she say, and who was her? Gabrielle. Yeah, Gabrielle. Yeah, I think. Oh yeah, where's she from? New Zealand. Oh, I picked up your Kiwi accent. I spent some time there in August, and I had such a great time. And everyone was so lovely, and the way that they integrated like Maori culture was really fucking beautiful. And yeah. I was absolutely floored by it, and felt like. A horrible Australian. Yeah, it's interesting as a Kiwi living in Australia because I feel like New Zealand's just got the edge in terms of being slightly <laughs> more compassionate, a little bit more respectful of our Indigenous culture. And, but also you know, like and we also integrated in like conversation through. and like regular language. I was just like, yeah. whoa, yeah. this is amazing. Yeah. And yeah, it was amazing. I did a songwriting camp and it was all women. And it was the first time, like, I'd only – I'd worked with, like, female producers, like – and we were also at the Finn Brothers studio. Cool. And we also recorded a song on the same desk that Jeff Buckley's Grace was recorded oh, on. Are you kidding me? Mm. That's amazing. Yeah, it was really amazing. Yeah. Um, that, that's very cool. But anyway, yeah. probably going off a tangent there. Yeah. has nothing to do with tangent. being gay. We're not talking about how great you feel. <laughs> always a good thing. It is really great and, like, yeah. the people are amazing and yeah. – the landscape's great and, like, they're all very supportive of each other and it's really nothing like this country. Yeah, and, you know, we never had a stupid debate about, you know, whether gay people should be able to get I married. love we your just... segue right now. Yeah. That was such an amazing segue. <laughs> no, it really was. Good job. So the plebiscite. Yeah. Let's talk about the plebiscite. The plebiscite, <laughs> if we will. Because, fuck me, I'm still mad about that shit. Yeah, totally. Um, it's funny, actually, my friend Kat who runs Heaps Gay, um, she, when we sort of found out about it, obviously like we found out about it and the, you had to enroll to vote like really quickly. Yep. It all happened like yeah. super fast. Um, and so Kat, bless her soul, um, like we went away with her and her gorgeous partner, Brooklyn, and me and my partner. Um, and we were just away for a night um, north, like at an Airbnb and we were just like, okay, what are we going to do about this? And we, like, helped Kat brainstorm this amazing thing, which was, like, um, she she put on a day um, and got all of these venues in Sydney to um, to print enrolment forms and, um, like, bars, like, restaurants, yeah. all of these things and, um, and got them out to, like, younger people, like, you know, people who were 18 weren't enrolled for, to vote, which was kind of the – the demo they were hoping not to get yeah. and um yeah and she smashed it and she got all of these young people to vote who probably never would have which included like you know signing up on the form but also the venue agreed to post it for you <gasps> amazing mm. that's amazing that's yeah. such good thinking yeah it was really good <clears throat> the plebiscite was a really funny thing at the time because for me um because 
uh, I was living with my partner in kind of in the country and we'd moved there that year just to try it out. It was just like, it's like an hour and a half out of Sydney, but um, it was like uh, in a little tiny town called Brooklyn yep. in New South Wales. And um, we were really enjoying being out there and then this plebiscite happened and we were like, Ugh, like we felt so uncomfortable to be in that space and we knew that everybody knew we were gay, obviously. Um, they're like, who are those like hot like lesbian babes walking down the street? Um, Let's get them. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it made it just made everyone feel uncomfortable, obviously, because it just made you feel like everyone was looking at you. Yeah. And that and that didn't stop in the city either until you got to Newtown and you were like, my sanctuary. Um <laughs> It really does feel like coming home every time I go. Um, but <laughs> so I feel about the valley a little bit. Some parts oh, of the valley, that's amazing. Still, yeah, it's amazing how places can make you feel like that. Yeah, and West End is like mm, you walk in, and you're totally. just like, oh, um, get my gay out. Yeah, but we, yeah, that was that was quite a strange, funny thing because we were thinking, um, yeah, like our neighbours uh, probably don't either are disgusted by the issue or. Uh, don't have don't think that it's important for them to vote and so we found we found ourselves very like isolated and angry with people without even speaking to them about it yeah <laughs> and we just made that judgment and that's kind of the way it made a lot of queer people feel I guess even people who don't give a shit about marriage yeah exactly mm. <clears throat> do you think it, do you think there's like a lasting kind of legacy of it still like floating around Totally. I mean, it's still being used by the Liberal government to, conversion to win, and, yeah, yeah. win votes, etc. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think queer people just feel bruised. Yeah. Um, I think that, like, that's the feeling I get from the community that I'm a part of. Uh, like, I think that people just are still angry about it. They're angry that we – we're angry that we even had to see a percentage mm. that voted against it, yeah, for fuck's sake. exactly. Um, we, we're angry that we know which areas voted yeah. against it. Like, Western Sydney was a huge no voter. Mm. Um, and I'm sure that people in Western Sydney who voted yes are angry that that happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think – I think there's a mad overhang and there will be for ages uh, and people feel like l just let down by um, like honestly, like sometimes you look at the government, just any of the parties and you're just like we need to change this because none of you are representing the way that we feel. And it's I find it so funny that the internet changed everything about the world and we still use governments the way that we always have. It's really like... You know, yes. if, if we if we can send out um, a ballot paper on the like the the discrimination of people's lives and the the way that they identify love, then send it out for fucking everything else. Exactly. Like, you can't make the decision on like keeping refugees on Nauru and but also oh by the way but I'll, I'll we'll hear what you have to say about this. I just like it's not you can't choose those yeah, things exactly. And the idea that we have data and opinions from like at our fingertips just with the click of a button and yet we still rely on men majority white men <laughs> making decisions for us in a parliament while we pay them 200 or 300 thousand dollars a year while they fucking argue is a waste of time and it absolutely makes me so angry and sometimes I feel bad that I can't read the news because it makes me so upset but 
sometimes you can't. It just like it's it is just endless. Like hearing how many women have been killed by men this year after this is a conversation we've been having for so long. How is it possible that that is still something that we're not fucking talking about all the time? And that we're thinking about culling sharks because they've killed what one person and injured three in the last couple of weeks. But we're not doing anything about the men. Sydney Life Life Night got Life night life got shut down because men get punched in the face yeah but women get fucking raped all the time and they get murdered they're getting murdered and it's not you know like oh like i think it's awful that somebody would get punched in the face and get killed of course i do yeah but why isn't anyone talking about the the non-equality there yeah there needs to be a bit of perspective yeah like it, it is it's crazy and it's and it it constantly feels i've I constantly feel powerless yeah. as a part of it. It's really, really frustrating. It's like not it, not protesting, not writing letters, not doing this or that. It doesn't feel like anything's changing. And I don't think it is. I think I think if you make, from what I can tell, if you make your own area great, like and and mm-hmm. comfortable and accepting and you know all that kind of stuff, then I think that kind of spreads out. Yeah, but totally. As, yeah, and that's all you can do. That's a huge thing that we we aim to do with handsome especially in my band and in our live shows like a conversation that we have constantly before we go on stage is like this is a moment of like making sure that people feel so incredible about themselves that that it they bestow it upon others like the whole ethos of handsome is to make people um remember and realize that diversity and like whether it's um you know, in sexuality or gender or race or whatever, um, all of those things should be celebrated and, you know, that that difference isn't a negative thing and it's something that you should explore and you should educate yourself with. And, you know, if we're talking about the idea of embarrassment, ignorance is something that you should be fucking embarrassed by. Ignorance? Is that the word? Sorry, um, that was Sally's. Siri. Siri heard ignorance and yeah. did you accidentally summon me? You tell me, Siri. <laughs> yeah, I don't Siri. know. Yeah, you. Siri responds to. Did I say ignorance? Something? <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, ignorance is definitely something you should be yeah. thoroughly fucking embarrassed by. Um, thoroughly fucking embarrassed. Yeah, you should have a. Re- enough. Yeah, <laughs> they aren't. They aren't. And they're in stupid attitudes. And, you know, it's totally, it's totally fine. If you're ignorant, fine. If you admit that, better. If you go out and actively try and learn about the things that you don't know about, yeah. great, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, our, it seems like the human race, like, you know, we're pack animals and we love to be part of um, groups and I, I think those divides will always be there. But, um, yeah, I do, I do feel like there is a change of the guard of – queerness in society yeah um and you know like even um hearing like king princess's ep which came out i think this year um and seeing how absolutely fucking relaxed she is about talking about her her sexuality um in a way that's like not the way that i talk about it which i think i talk about it in a way that there's a pain a little bit behind it um and there's a activism in me to like to talk about these issues, um, whereas she's just like, I'm fucking gay and I fucking love it and so fucking yeah. hot, which is awesome as well. Um, but, yeah, like that tells me that more – I mean, it's so funny how how many queer 
like artists are queer. Like so many. There are. And when I was a, a kid, yeah. there was there was still the same amount, but they weren't talking about it at all. Yep. Yeah. Which always kind of, I was just like, why aren't you? I mean, I was that artist, you know, like Caitlin Park. Um, I, I never hid in the closet. And I was totally out, but I um, I didn't sing songs about it, mm. which is fine. I just didn't really impact anyone's lives, which is <laughs> a bit like, well, okay. Yeah. But now, mm. yeah, mm. just all the gayness. Mm. Yeah. Where I'm really it? conscious that it's only five o'clock. Oh, shit, is and it? Don't you have a show at seven or something? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to keep talking. And yeah. I probably is... should actually rest my voice, to be honest, because as you can probably yeah. hear, it's like. Oh. Yeah, I feel like mm. I found my new best friend, and I hope you feel the same. So <laughs> I do. <laughs> That's good. I want to see your bow tie collection. Yeah. Oh, I'll show you. Mm. Yeah. Cause, and then just watch all the straight ladies. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It's like I'll a say. magnet. Was Flocking. it? You, you were there. Oh, it was a magnet. It was amazing. Love it. Yeah. And I then some of it carried over. You're magnetic. I uh, will yeah, see. I exactly. think that you'll find it's, it's probably person, just you, babe. I'm, yeah, I'm taking it. Taking it. Thanks. Maybe Thanks. the bow tie is like the visual honey. Yeah, yeah maybe it is. Visual yeah. honey. Oh, beautiful. Um, you and should then, write songs or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you yeah. and then you trap them in with your yeah, yeah just charm, magic, sophistication, and yeah, just yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking it. Own it, babe. Own it. Yeah. Taking it. Yeah. All right, I'll stop it. That's amazing. 